The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye. This is the Afternoon News on Edmonton's News and Conversation Station, 630 Chad. Well, hello, Jedville. It is Friday. We've made it to Friday. Hope you're having a great one so far. It's uh, Jalen broadcasting live this afternoon from the Fringe Festival, the 38th edition of the uh, Edmonton Fringe Festival. The theme this year, of course, Where the Wild Things Fringe. It's a, well, a little bit blustery afternoon down here. So if you if you hear me, like, uh, you know, trying to catch papers as they fly by, uh, that's all it is. But I've got everything taped down, taped down with black tape right now, uh, hoping to hold on to that. Um, you know this Fringe Festival is the oldest one in North America. 2017, a banner year, just a huge year, over $1.2 million in box office, uh, box office sales. This year, oh, so many shows uh, up for grabs. Have you been down? Have you been down? Have you checked it out yet? Um, let me know. And uh, throughout the afternoon, we will be talking with some of the folks here who make this place what it is. I just want to set the scene a little bit before we get to our first guest. I'm right across the uh, from the Deep Fried Mars Bar and the Deep Fried Oreos place, uh, just to the, to the right-hand side over to the left is the McLab Wine Tent. I think they put me in the perfect spot, you guys. Uh, we're just on the edge of the Strathcona's uh, 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 the old Strathcona Farmer's Market. It is, uh, yeah, pop by and say hi. We do have um, a number of guests we want to get to, and starting with our very first one this afternoon. And um, it was an interesting study that came out. Uh, researchers in Montreal saying the criteria for diagnosing autism has lowered to the point where the diagnosis could become nearly meaningless and that could happen within five to ten years. The researchers analyzed 11 previous major studies carried out since 1966 and they found that individuals diagnosed with autism have become progressively less different from the general population. One of those researchers joins us today. Isabelle Soulier is a professor at the University of Montreal uh, uh, University de Quebec at Montreal. Isabel, thanks for taking the time today. Hi. Thank you so much. So what is the traditional definition of autism? Okay, so autism is uh, understood as someone who, ha- who struggles with social interactions and who has uh, what we qualify as repetitive behaviors and focused interests. Okay, and so in in the past, what was the criteria then for the diagnosis in the past? So these main areas have remained about the same over the years, but what changed over the years is um, uh, how do we interpret the specific criteria? Let's say it went from total lack of interest in other people to now, oh, my kid is uh, looking a little less to other kids or he's singing a little less interested. So that's a sign of autism. So you see that we have uh, gotten better and better at detecting the autistic signs and mm-hmm. maybe we are getting uh, too good 
to detect them. Now, over the years, so if I look back and say some of a couple of the main uh, constructs that defined autism in the past, um, emotional rec- emotion recognition, theory of mind, planning, and brain size, and now you're saying that things are, you kind of opened up quite a, quite a bit there as well. So the, the checklist um, has, uh, has become broader. What did the addition of Asperger's to the uh, autism spectrum do to this, do you think? Uh, so now uh, Asperger category is no longer in use with the new criteria. It, it was in use for 15 years, uh, but then it was uh, now it has been replaced by autism spectrum condition, mm-hmm. which uh, which um, includes both autism and Asperger. So um, f- yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no, so I was about to say that uh, remo- remove this specific category, but the people who receive an Asperger diagnosis now have an autism spectrum diagnosis. So they are still within the same category, uh, but the category is less and less specific. And I so, think we are including in the category more and more people that have more subtle signs. That's what uh, we showed in our study. Yeah. So um, one of the, I think your one of your, your lead researcher on this one said uh, the research is pointing to a rampant problem of overdiagnosis that he blames on schools, uh, doctors, and parents. And he says the criteria for diagnosis have become trivial. Uh, trivial. And is that something that um, you know that was that was that became quite obvious in, in your research? What, what we did in our research was not looking specifically at the diagnostic criteria. What we did is that looking over the years and seeing a trend that, um, uh, let's say you take an, a group of autistic people and a group of non-autistic people and you measure the difference between the two, let's say, on emotion recognition. So we used to have big differences between the groups mm-hmm. and now in the newer studies, we have not much difference anymore because mm. the, the two groups are getting more and more alike and close. So that's what we we measured in, in the study, okay. which, which suggests that we are applying the diagnostic criteria differently now than we used to be, uh, we used to do before. Isabel, how has that uh, impacted, do you think, um, research into autism? I think it has a good, a, a, a great impact, uh, not a great, <laughs> a big impact, big impact. On, on research that I don't think is uh, is uh, good. Uh, I, I think um, it, it's getting more and more difficult to get clear answers in our research and to get uh, to the core characteristics of autistic people. And without being able to target these core characteristics, it's, it's hard to to define um, what they need or what would be best for them because mm-hmm. it, it gets blurry and blurry. So it does, you, you believe that there is an impact on those who, who need the help? 
I think so, because when when we do studies with big groups of people, now this is the is the trend now doing bigger and bigger groups but uh, we, I think we are kind of losing the signal we're losing the specificity of autism because we include a, a, a gigantic number of participants who are all different from each other and not that different from neurotypical persons you know, someone just texted into my show It says uh, and says, sounds like they're busy minimizing the challenges that those of us on the Asperger's end of the spectrum uh, deal with. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that you're doing that. You're just pointing out mm-hmm. what studies have shown over, um, you know, the research has shown that more and more people, like the, 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 traditional, the traditional lines, okay, this is what uh, autism falls under. These are the characteristics of autism um, has just become so grand that there's so many people in there anymore and what you're talking about is the impacts of that you're not mm-hmm. you're not saying oh this is bad or this is good but you're just saying this is what's happening so what so what what would uh, the group of researchers who who did this including you what do you what would you urge um, doctors um, and, and medical professionals to do moving forward um, I, I I think we have to continue to be careful in uh, applying the diagnosis mm-hmm. uh, because giving a, um, I think, I'm not saying that people are g- giving wrong diagnosis necessarily, but uh, I think we have to be uh, sure when we give a, a diagnosis to someone because it, it's not easy to give a diagnosis because if you go look at the criteria, it's all kind of a, uh, the person is less this than a usual kid, more this. It, it, so it's hard to interpret the criteria. And uh, if you get too too loose, <laughs> if yeah. you lower the threshold too low, I think you're giving the diagnosis to someone who might have uh, something else. And I, I think you're not serving the person if you give give him or her a wrong diagnosis and and just to come back to what you were saying earlier i don't think that asperger's uh, those who receive used to receive an asperger diagnosis are less autistic than the others they are not the ones that i'm talking about because i i think there are clear characteristic behaviors that are uh, that belong to asperger syndrome Okay. Uh, Isabel Soulier joining me this afternoon. Isabel, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Take care now. So just to follow up on on, uh, on this conversation a little bit, a little bit of background on autism itself. It was first described around the 1940s. Um, in the 1960s, severe autism was thought to affect uh, 5 to 10 children for every 10,000. And by 2014, the estimate was now 1 in 59. And that was uh, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So uh, one of the, the lead researcher into this study, that uh, Isabel uh, was one of the co-researchers on there. His name is Dr. Uh, Matron. And he 
is now saying that he believes that health professionals should clearly distinguish autistic traits from autism. Uh, he says only about 35% of those referred to him for an assessment of autism actually have the disorder. Interesting today, um, 6.30, 6.30, you can get a hold of me. The text line is uh, firing up already if you want to uh, if you want to weigh in on this one. We'll take a break here at 2.16. When we come back, we'll talk to um, Autism Calgary, um, uh, Lyndon Parkin from there, the executive director, director reacting to, well, what you just heard. Stick around. Broadcasting live this afternoon from the 38th edition of the Edmonton Fringe Festival, uh, where the wild things fringe. And I can tell you on this Friday afternoon, um, we're sitting out in front of the old Strathcona Market. It's starting to get busier down here. More and more people showing up and uh, enjoying some of the street performers already trying to pick out which uh, which uh, which play they're going to go to tonight. I want I have it. Keep texting me, and I want to get to some of the texts that are coming in about your um, your experiences with autism and autism diagnosis and autism um, services, because um, you're sharing a lot right now, and I really appreciate that, but we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. I wanted to talk with, and, and it follows on the, this last interview that we had, and it was this study where researchers in Montreal say the criteria for diagnosing autism has lowered to the point where they say diagnosis could become nearly meaningless, and that could happen within five to ten years. Lyndon Perrikin is the executive director of Autism Calgary. He joins me this afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Okay, your reaction to this study today? Um, I, I certainly agree in the study that the definition has become broader, um, but I don't think it's trivialized the condition. In fact, what it's done is it's acknowledged some of the lifelong challenges that people more highly impacted with autism might face. Mm. Um, someone on the higher functioning end of the spectrum might be uh, able to function well in our society with a few simple accommodations, but we meet others on a day-to-day basis in our charity that face lifelong challenges. Mm-hmm. And there's, in fact, been studies to show they're at, they're at higher risk of homelessness, comorbid mental health conditions mm-hmm. like through anxiety and depression, and have a much significantly higher suicide rate. Um, Lyndon... Lyndon, when some when someone is being diagnosed with autism, um, you know, I'm looking at some of the um, the things that the the main constructs that define autism, including emotion recognition, theory of mind, planning, and brain size. According to the articles I've been reading, um, has ha, more has more been added to that, or are do you believe that doctors are still following a fairly strict list of symptoms, I guess, for lack of a better word. Well, in the last few years, they wrote a new diagnostic manual moving from the DSM-4 to the DSM-5. They've merged Asperger's syndrome with autism. Mm. They've changed a little bit those diagnostic criteria, but they've also put level 1, 2, and 3 from impact being mild to more needing of individualized care for day-to-day living. So it's not just a simple diagnosis of autism. So I don't think it's been trivialized. It doesn't impact funding because a lot of funding is based on how the symptoms impact the daily living, particularly in Alberta. Funding is needs-based, not diagnostic-based. Lyndon, what is the difference between uh, autism and Asperger's? Um, some people would just say the spelling. There's okay. been a lot of discussion on that. Um, 
Asperger's, which was in the older diagnostic manual, had a slightly different set of symptomology. So there was technically a difference between high-functioning autism and Asperger's syndrome. But, I mean, that enters an endless debate. And I, I think what's been said by other leaders across Canada, at the end of the day, if a person needs, has symptoms that impact their daily living, then they need some help. Lyndon Perkin is the executive director of Autism Calgary. Lyndon, is enough help out there right now? I I, I talk to people who are, are struggling to to get whether a diagnosis to get to the proper services. Um, I guess that's the first question: Is enough out there? Number two, if not, what needs to be out there? Well, in Alberta, we have a funding model for children that does have the ideology of funding based on need, but it's not necessarily uh, working well enough yet that people get the right service at the right time. And I think that's what families are saying. It's not about having as much as possible all the time, but having the right kind of evidence-based support at the right time in life and for it to continue into adulthood. Adult services funding, massive gap when you turn 18. 70 or percent or more of those diagnosed with autism will not be eligible for funding. And that puts them at these higher risks of homelessness Mm. and suicide. So... So how do we try to change that? Well, you know, I I think uh, we do have some opportunities for that as a community. The PDD review is coming up where the government is looking at eligibility for one of the adult funding uh, streams. Um, You know, building collaborative initiatives like Autism Alberta's Alliance, where clinicians, researchers, educators, and parents and self-advocates are getting together to talk about uh, evidence-based practice and meaningful services. So... You know, I think we're moving forward. Alberta does have some good legislation for children. Um, I do see challenges in other provinces that have us worried here. That decisions could go in the wrong direction, but yeah, Lyndon. If um, you know, my final question to you this afternoon, if um, if someone is uh, dealing maybe with a new diagnosis, or you know, is 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 thinking, okay, maybe maybe we need to get uh, our child whatever into some treatment. Maybe they're overwhelmed by it. What do you want them to know? I think what they need to know is to call uh, their local support organization, Autism Society Edmonton, Autism Calgary, or contact Autism Alberta to be directed to the nearest and connect with other families. We can uh, connect them with volunteers that will help walk them through the next steps. Do you think we have to do a better job in schools as well? Uh, absolutely. Schools yeah. certainly do have a gap. You know, and, you know, schools are certainly right now challenged with funding and, you know, families are being told there might not be sufficient aid support. Mm. So um, we do need to do more. Um, Sounds like a bit of an uphill battle, Lyndon, but you're, you're going to do it. We'll keep working together as a community and make it happen. Lyndon Perkin joining me this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Lyndon Perkin, the Executive Director of Autism Calgary at uh, 2.26 as we broadcast live from the Edmonton Fringe Festival. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Uh, Chad says, you know what, I have an autistic 10-year-old that was diagnosed at two and a half years old. Uh, We've reprogrammed his brain because of the great therapist in Edmonton. Most days, people don't know, but take him away from his routine, example, school, and his autism, quote, shows. But I agree with this researcher that the doctor that diagnosed my son was pretty 
pretty easy with the paperwork. That was from Chad this afternoon. And this one says, Jay, thanks for talking about autism today. I read about this new study. The criteria which is used for diagnosis for autism is now so inaccurate. My brother was diagnosed in 1978. I believe we have to move back to the criteria used back then. Asperger's and autism are not the same, according to this texture. You heard what someone else said earlier, just uh, when I asked what the difference was, they said, well, just the spelling, but this person doesn't agree with that. Uh, goes on to say, I agree too many schools and doctors are using a simplistic checklist for diagnoses. Uh, small social differences are sometimes differences in personalities. There is a spectrum of autism for sure, but very specific criteria of true autism. Again, the text line at 630-630 is open this afternoon as we broadcast from the Edmonton Fringe Festival. More and more people uh, walking by. Uh, we're seeing some of those people on those uh, new scooters. Uh, driving by as well. Lots of people uh, looking around, taking things in, and oh my goodness, the smells. The smell of food. I've got the uh, deep-fried elephant ears across the uh, street. I've got the curry house beside us. French onion, or French onion, the onion cakes uh, down here as well. So uh, pop by and say hi again. We're right in front of the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market. Still to come on the show, we have that uh, pair of tickets to the, uh, cr- uh, the Tenor's Christmas show. Again, listen to that tune that I've been playing all week. What is it, Forever Young? Be caller number four today and you'll win your way into that December 10th show. We're going to take a break here for your 2.30 news when we come back. The producer of the San Francisco Fringe Festival, who is also performing here, uh, a a one-woman show. Can't wait to talk to her about that right after this.